In this week's episode of HPH, we're taking a good, hard, long look into the life of a man who probably needs no introduction. If you're American, he's on your money, he has practically a billion things named after him, and we celebrate his birthday every February by putting mattresses on deep, deep discount. But there is probably a lot you don't know about the life and military career of this founding father, and some of the things you think you know are probably made-up myths designed to sell 19th century books. So go ahead and grab your favorite adult beverage and settle in for this true story of the man we are all taught to idolize as children in this episode of 100 Proof History, titled George Washington Part 1, British Hero? This is 100 Proof History. We're drinking whiskey and talking history. So, grab a drink, sit back, relax, and enjoy a few laughs as the guys talk about all the horrible things people do to each other. Here are your hosts, Chris and Greg. Oh yeah, 100 Proof History is back, baby! Let's get it, episode 50, bitches and bitchettes! It's time to fucking rock! Christopher, I'm passing the mic over to you. Tell it to the people. Yes. Hello, listener, and welcome to Hunter Proof History, episode 50, where we're going to talk all things George Washington. No, motherfuckers! <laughs> Woo! Oh, okay. Never mind. Yep. Oh, I like the energy. Let's bring it back with some energy. We've been gone a while. Uh, I have no idea. What have you been up to? I know our contract stipulates that we're not allowed to talk outside of the show. Because, you know, for whatever reason. Uh-huh. Well, you're allowed to, to send directions to me, but I'm not allowed to communicate with you. That, that's our, my contract, at least. Um, so, Correct. So, what have you been up to? I uh, built a house. Oh, wow. Minecraft. You probably oh, heard of it. Cool. Cool, man. Yeah. Nice. Took me a month. It's <laughs> one bedroom. It has a flat roof. No door. I don't actually know anything about <laughs> Minecraft, so I, I, that joke's dead in the water. No, it was good, because that is like two minutes into Minecraft, you should be able to build that, so... Uh, okay, that's you, what I figured. Yeah. Yep. Nailed it! Still got it, yes! <laughs> it's been a month, still fucking got it. Amazing. What have you been doing, Chris? Oh, oh, wow, I wasn't... Huh, throw me fastballs there, I wasn't <laughs> expecting that one right out of the gate. Uh, I mean, what? I asked you, but I, I never expected <laughs> you to ask me back. Well, you know, the break gave me some time to work on some solo projects, get an album done, did a little bit of touring, uh, an acoustic set. It was, uh, you know, wasn't too well received, but I I'm glad to be back, you know, back in the groove of things, back where I feel like I belong, you know, in an ensemble, you know, playing, mm -hmm. playing second fiddle. I tried to be the uh, Garfunkel, make it in his own, didn't pan out for me too well. It didn't pan out for uh, Art Garfunkel either. That's right. But I'm glad to hear you were touring during a pandemic. Yeah. Actually, I was in rehab, and uh, it went great. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, what are you having to drink today? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm actually having gin. Ooh. Plymouth gin. Yeah. You know, like the Plymouth, car. Like Plymouth Rock. Oh, that makes more sense. Like, like the car, that's also very American. <laughs> but Plymouth is right south of Boston. You know, tea party. That's part of the story, man. That's true. So. Nailed it. Gin's like a, I don't know, man. It's a summer drink for me. It's just so refreshing. Yeah. A little gin, ginger ale. <laughs> little. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> a lot. A, an unhealthy amount. Mm. That's summer to me. Yep. <laughs> well, you know, I know Plymouth made a lot of good vehicles, but every time someone says the name, you know what pops in my head is that, that van, that it was always blue for some reason. It had the wood paneling down the side that, oh, that all yeah. the Mennonites drove. And like <laughs> they'd pop out like a hundred at a time, like a clown car, all wearing their denim dresses and stuff. It was like the Mennonite version of an Amish carriage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. What are you drinking, buddy? Uh, today, I'm having a New York sour. Had one of these before on the Caligula episode, so our longtime listeners will remember that this is a whiskey sour. You put, you know, bourbon, lemon juice, some simple syrup, and then you just put a little floater of wine on top. So I'm drinking early times bourbon. It's a nice, affordable, delicious bourbon. And this is the early times of America. Hmm. The floater was the Federalist Zinfandel. I don't know if you can see that because 
Zoom likes to cut things out, but it's got a picture of old Gene Doe on it. So, it does. So I feel like uh, I did pretty good. And then after I drink that, I'm just going to pound this bottle of wine and get white girl wasted on this podcast. Hell yeah. What's new? <laughs> well, I'd like to remind our listeners, they can find us at hunterproofhistory.com, where they can check out our Patreon, leave us messages. We do have a voicemail from a listener. Greg, do you want to play that now or make that person wait until the end of the episode to feel gratified? Okay, we can listen to it now. During the pandemic, it's a perfect time to listen to Hunter Proof History. I have to wear a mask at work anyways, so nobody can see me at my desk losing it with laughter listening to this shit show. Thanks for the laughs, guys. Mostly Chris. Oh, okay. Well, fuck you, too. (laughs) Five minutes in, and our show's been Yoko'd. We're we're fucking done. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, we appreciate that. By we, I mean Chris. Oh, I definitely do. You have no idea how happy that made me. Yeah, guys, uh, join that Patreon. Get the bonus episodes. We're starting back with those again, too. Those hangovers that come out on Mondays. And get these episodes two days early. But, on to the source. Chris, tell us about it. Our source today is Washington, A Life by Ron Chernow. Very exhaustive book. Oh, yeah. So detailed. If you want to know anything about Washington's life... It's in there. Yeah, it's in there for sure. We're going to do three episodes on Washington. They're going to be a little bit shorter than what you guys are used to. We're trying to make this a more accessible, I got a car ride, I can knock out this show in one listen kind of show. But still, we're going to do three episodes and we're going to scratch the surface of George Washington's life based on comparing it to uh, this book. Yeah, it's in-depth. Very in-depth. Just like my penis into a thimble. Okay. <laughs> well, let's get on with the show. Yeah. Are you ready to tell the people about our founding father, father of our country, George Herbert Washington? Oh, I think we're ready. Especially Chris. It's not his middle name. Okay, let's go. George Washington was born on February 11th, 1732. By the old Julian calendar, or February 22nd, 1732, by the Gregorian calendar, which was obviously what the hashtag main host of this show is named after. He was named after King George II, who was the beloved ruler of Virginia and the American colonies. George's dad was Augustine, a planter and slaveholder, who also moonlit as a justice of the peace. His mother Mary was a strict disciplinarian, and although the family was wealthy, she insisted that George and his siblings live and work like farmers. Oh, she was a bitch. Oh, yeah, she's the worst. Just the fucking worst. She was super critical of George, which taught him to always be quiet and reserved and never show his emotions, which were traits he carried with him throughout his whole life. And of course, more examples of her douchebaggery will be sprinkled throughout this story. I was kind of like George when I was a kid. Not because my mom was super critical, just who I was. I was so scared of saying something fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. And I'd sit back and just be all quiet. And like, if I say something stupid, the girls won't like me. <laughs> so I sit there and rub my fingers together and look cool. <laughs> Don't say anything stupid, though. <laughs> See, I was kind of the same but opposite. You know, I had the the whole, like, fear of... What I would say, mm-hmm. you know, would, would turn the ladies off to me. Yeah. But it didn't stop me from opening my mouth and always just being the class clown. Yeah. And it definitely still to this day uh, keeps the ladies from liking me. So, <laughs> right. You know, I'm glad I found my wife. <laughs> I'm done with that chapter of my life. Now it's just all class clown to the end of days. Yeah. She has to put up with it or, you know, die because that's what your vows were. Death do us part. Oh, no, yeah, I'm done. Like, I can be class clown now. <laughs> she's she's stuck. Yeah, I, I did the same thing. I, I At some point, I realized, man, if I say stupid things, people laugh. So, let's just be a fucking idiot. And obviously, it's led me down this road to being a <laughs> failure of an adult and a, a shit-ass <laughs> history podcaster, as opposed to being president of the United States and founder of a country. So, I guess George did it right. Whatever. Fuck that guy. What does he know? It's never too late. <laughs> That's true. Hey, he wasn't president of a brand new country till after your age, so that's good. true. I still have a chance. This country could fall apart, and I could start a new one. 
We're, we're right on the precipice. Let's head down that road. Not unthinkable. Other than the you part. Oh, yeah. No, I'm never going to be anybody. (laughs) When George was three or so, the family up and moved to a tiny, insignificant 5,000 acres of land known as Little Hunting Creek. You know, quaint, quaint little 5,000 acres. (laughs) His grandfather had claimed that land in the 1600s by taking advantage of a rule that said each British immigrant got 50 acres. And guess what, Greg? Their slaves counted as immigrants. Hmm. So just bring over a whole bunch of uh, people you own, get a whole bunch of land. What a deal. Hmm. It's almost like slavery wasn't just tolerated, it was encouraged. What? Hmm. <laughs> Big brain. <laughs> Augustine Washington died of death in the year 1744 at the age of 49. George's older half-brother Lawrence inherited Little Hunting Creek, which he promptly renamed Mount Vernon, after his favorite British admiral. So, uh, you have George named after the King of Britain, and you have this guy named Mount Vernon after his favorite British guy. So, uh, just a little interesting footnote in history because of what's going to happen. Well, it becomes a little ironic. Yeah. Don't you think? You cannot hear that word without I can't. fucking harkening <laughs> Alanis Morissette every time. I know. It was, the, you know. it was the song of my high school years. That's also why <laughs> girls didn't like me. Because <laughs> you always evoke songs from Jagged Little Pill. Yeah, in my colorful sweater, in my beat-up 70s car, just driving down the road, like, It's like rain! And that one time you had to get your stomach pumped because you drank so much cum? Yeah, that, well, that was my Rod Stewart phase. But yeah. You don't you remember that rumor about her? I didn't I always heard about Rod Stewart. Rod Stewart had to do that. Oh, I heard it about Alanis Morissette back oh. in middle school. Was it Uncle jo- Joey's semen? I don't know, man. You heard that rumor. That's right? what that one song's yeah. about though. <laughs> Uncle Joey. No, that's for sure about that. <laughs> Canadians are stupid, man. Getting upset over fucking Joey Gladstone and his fucking beaver puppet. That's what Alanis called herself. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> oh. Nothing like some full house jokes to <laughs> Just welcome ourselves back. Right? <laughs> Just a bunch of question marks over these 12-year-olds' heads right now. But they loved <laughs> they loved beaver puppets, so... Get back to the dicks and the farts! <laughs> you got any Fortnite jokes, you assholes? <laughs> Say yeet more! Relate with me! <laughs> Jesus! That's going to be like a review left for us on iTunes. Like, yeah, I mean, some of it's funny, but these guys don't dab near enough. (laughs) This motherfucker said he played Minecraft for a month and only built a one-story house. What What an idiot. What? God damn. (laughs) Well, after the death of his father, George, at the highly responsible age of 11, inherited his first 10 slaves. So the same guys... Like dabbing now yeah, yeah. could own slaves yeah. legally. Ugh. Yeah, it's like, hey guys, you want to be in my TikTok videos? No, <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to do anything that you're making us do. Come on, man, we just want to leave. Now we'll talk more about Washington and slavery later on in the show. Kind of saving that for the the end to get y'all titillated. You're like, ooh, slavery. Now I'm listening. <laughs> mm. When he was 14, George said, Oh, I I need to introduce our listeners to my George Washington voice. Are you ready, Greg? Because our main source said his voice was thin, weak, and breathy. So you're doing it right now? Yes. Well, no, that's just me. That's just me, you jackass. (laughs) (laughs) My voice is nasal, like a gay frog, okay? We've already established this. If there was a homosexual Kermit the Frog, I would nail that part. I think that's just Kermit the Frog. Oh, no, he, he he gets down, man. He was not trying to sling it to Miss Piggy. Nonstop, he was denying that. Did hang out with Fozzie a lot. He did like bears, if you will. See? Oh, <laughs> uh, and he is in show business. And you know what they say about show business, Greg? Nope. I don't either. I was hoping you would fill that blank in for me. Good. I'm glad we're past that. (laughs) Anyway, George's voice, in my mind, sounds like a sexy phone sex operator. 
So here's my George Washington voice. Are you ready? Because I'm not. Yes. Okay, here we go. Hey, I'm a big boy. I own slaves. Time to join the Navy and see the world. Daddy. He didn't say daddy. No, his dad was dead. He was saying it to his mom, which is, you know. His dad was dead. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's hilarious. That's what the people are here for. What an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what a stupid idiot. Yeah, my dad's still alive. (laughs) My dad, George. (laughs) Fucking loser. (laughs) Mary Washington looked at her son and said, boy, have you lost your mind? Because I'll help you find it. She didn't want her son joining the military, but she also knew that if he joined up with the Navy, he'd become a nobody and would never rise above his station in life, and that shit wasn't going to fly. Or sail. Uh, whatever. That's right, and that's still the case. Go Air Force! <laughs> that's how you rise up above your station. Air Force. Literally. <laughs> oh, nice, yeah. So George said, fine, fuck it. Okay, won't join the Navy. Wanted to sing that sweet-ass village people song all the time, but whatever. I'll go to college. I'll join a frat. I'll, you know, be an animal house. It's fucking amazing. I'll wear a ball gag for a week for initiation. Mm -hmm. No big deal. Yep. But when he was 15, his family went broke, and his days in a classroom were officially over. He was a good student, a quick learner, and an intelligent man, but he would spend the rest of his life ashamed of his lack of education and would be mocked by his critics for it. You know what? Same, buddy. Same. Yeah, John Adams was especially a dick about this. He really was. Fucking Paul Giamatti. Yeah, that's all I picture. I know. Yeah. Oh, is that what you were about to say, too? No, no, I'm, I'm right there oh, with okay. you, though. Yeah, no, he was... There was something wrong with John Adams, but uh, that's another show, I guess. With no money, no job, and no education, George did what anyone would do. He started hanging out with his brother Lawrence's rich-ass in-laws, the Fairfaxes. Which is, uh, that's how you get, know that your car's been in a wreck before. Talk to these people. I believe that's Carfax, Chris. That makes more sense. Okay, you're right. I'm, I'm with you. Lawrence's father-in-law, William Fairfax, took a shine to young George, who also became close friends with William's son, George. His name's like my name. Wait, you're George? <laughs> I'm George. Oh. Oh, fuck! Best friends. It's like that, uh, shitty-ass... Batman versus Superman movie, which I know you didn't watch. I barely watched it. It was fucking terrible. But Batman and, and Superman are fighting, and then they realize that both of their moms' names are Martha. So they're like, oh, did we just become best friends? And rainbows pop up in the background, you know? Seriously? Yeah. Well, not the rainbow part, but yes, that's how they wow. stop fighting, because they're like, what name did you just say? Martha? <gasps> My mom's name's Martha. We're friends now. Let's go kill Lex Luthor. It's like, Jesus Christ, who wrote this shit? That's awful. When Washington was 16, William sent him with George Fairfax into the wilds of Western Virginia to do some surveying. And there they found young John Denver strumming his guitar. Sing almost heaven, West Virginia. That's my John Denver. You want to keep going? I know the rest of the song. Ouch. (laughs) Ouch. That hurts more than him crashing that plane into the Rockies or wherever the fuck he died. That was quick and painless. It was Uh, not the Rockies. (laughs) Because he sang about the Rockies. That's where he crashed the plane. Yeah, because he wasn't actually, he was supposed to be piloting the plane, but he's like, oh, this is beautiful scenery. So he picks up the guitar. (laughs) Rocky Mountain High. He turns around and everybody, no, no, look, look. (laughs) He's just still going. (laughs) (laughs) Boom. (laughs) Well. I'm John Denver and I'm dead. I'll see you in hell, Kobe Bryant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'll see them there too, Chris. You will see them there too. Oh, everybody just forgets how he raped that girl in the fucking Colorado, I guess, because he's a fucking hero now. That's what happens when you're rich. Oh, I can't wait till this podcast takes off. I'm not. (laughs) Ah, I missed this. Okay, where the fuck were we? (laughs) Uh. Well, while he was out there, George became adept at mapping and surviving in the wilderness and became a full-time surveyor. 
Adapting in the wilderness. Yeah. You know, the boys always find a way to make it up there to that mountain. <laughs> My name's George. My name's George. My name's George. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> you call me Fountain Daddy. <sighs> Do you say Fountain Daddy? Founding Daddy. Like oh. Founding, <laughs> <laughs> founding Daddy. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. In 1751, Lawrence Washington was suffering through tuberculosis. Because his wife was home with a newborn, it was up to George to accompany his brother to Barbados to seek treatment. Oh, I guess. Twist my arm. I guess I'll go to a tropical fucking paradise. Yeah. All-inclusive resort. You know? Just whatever. I'll go to Aruba. Yeah. Maybe I'll find Natalie Holloway. I don't know. (laughs) All right. Let's turn this into a true crime podcast. Let's go down that road. Let's solve that fucking disappearance and murder. Uh, okay, Joran Vandersloot. Boom, solved. Damn! He's so good. Man, true crime is easy. Let's just fucking switch it up completely. got arrested after his fucking, what, girlfriend or fiance found out about it the same day that she was murdered in their hotel room Mm -hmm. that he was seen leaving with a bunch of packed bags an hour later. (laughs) Like, uh, I don't know, man. It's a mystery. I want to do a 48 Hours podcast. You, You ever watch that show? Yeah, but that one was like, what, five or ten years later he got caught. Yeah, but I'm I'm talking about the the first decade. Well, not not first 48 hours. What was that? It's just called 48 hours or Dateline or whatever. They do all the true crime shit mm-hmm. on Investigation Discovery or whatever. And like 30 seconds into it, you go, it was the husband. I saved you some fucking time. Go jerk off. Because it's always the fucking husband. Oh, yeah. I say that when like it starts. <laughs> yeah. When it's a woman that died. Husband. Yeah. Mystery solved. Pay me. 45 minutes later, whatever that guy's name is. Oh, that pesky DNA. Link the husband to the murder. You're like, what the fuck have I been doing with my life? You know? I'm the world's greatest detective. This guy's an idiot. (laughs) George and Lawrence sailed through hurricanes and rough seas. Along the way, George caught smallpox and was bedridden for three weeks. He developed postules, which became scars on his nose and face, that he carried with him for the rest of his life. Oh, and on the boat ride back from Barbados, some dickbag stole all of George's money, and the trip turned out to be a complete waste of time, because Lawrence died just six months later. It's almost like, if they have a lung problem, you shouldn't take them somewhere warm and really humid. You know? Maybe? Especially where a bunch of other people, they're going to cure their ails? (laughs) Yeah. Like, because it was supposed to be this, you know, not fountain of youth, mm-hmm. but like the spring water was supposed to have healing properties. So you have a ton of people going there that have things like tuberculosis, smallpox, malaria, consumption that is also tuberculosis. I was just running out of things to say. <laughs> but, you know, old-timey diseases. So they already have compromised immune systems. It's probably worse for you to go there because you might fucking pick up something else. Yeah. and there's. One rich asshole that's there, he's like, man, I, I just had like, you know, I don't know, asthma, uh, maybe a, a little bit of eczema. I had some eczema on my arm here. It kind of itches. And uh, I thought the waters could heal me. And now I'm fucking dying of every disease that ever existed. No, I'm dead. Yay. Because I'm an old timey fucking idiot. <laughs> Put some leeches on me. Hurry, ma. My eczema's <laughs> acting up again. <laughs> It's also fun to note that the smallpox probably made George Washington sterile. So, no kids for George in the future. That we know of. It was also around this time that George became obsessed with style and fashion. He designed all of his coats down to the number and styling of buttons. But he would occasionally defer to the tailor by saying, Just buy me whatever is popular in London. In their sex circles. I've never called a phone sex operator. I'm, I'm just assuming that's what they say at the end of sentences. I, don't look at me. What are you wearing in your sex circle? <laughs> how, did she, how, how did he know? <laughs> <laughs> George was incredibly vain and always made sure his attire matched whatever setting he'd be observed in. And he looked down upon or dismissed people who didn't give a shit about their appearance. George Washington would have fucking hated me. I'm just going to say it. Just, he's yeah, one of, Yeah, one, he would have. I, I hate you. Yeah. I, 
He's one of my history idols. I really like George Washington. But if I ever like went back in time and meet him and wear like sandals and gym shorts and you know my George Washington crossing the Delaware shirt, he'd be like, "Please leave me alone, you fucking degenerate." Oh, he wouldn't say fucking because he didn't like to curse either. Ugh. It kind of breaks my heart that he wouldn't have loved me. No one loves me. Hey, he's a weird dude, man. He was a weird dude. Never meet your heroes, you know? Yep. Hey, George, let's see that dick. <laughs> you know, he just immediately has me arrested. Like, oh, uh-huh. 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 So much for that. Guess, <laughs> guess autographs out of the question. <laughs> I thought we'd be best friends. Too bad. It's on all my fucking money. Thanks. George, I have a great idea for uh, an amendment. You got to hear this, man. Oh, fuck. I'm trying to eat with my family. Are you kidding me right now, man? No, I don't want a selfie. What the fuck? (laughs) Those are some boundaries, bro. You sure I can't see that dick? (laughs) Just one time. You know, it's weird. You weren't there, but this was my verbatim conversation with Gary Coleman the one time I met him. You know? I'm just curious, man. I'm yeah. just curious. Yeah, Non-sexual. I mean, the rest of you's little, but... He's also dead. <laughs> yeah. Maybe his cock survived like Rasputin's. Can't sue us. Lawrence had been like a second father to George. Before Lawrence died, he had been made an adjutant general in the British Army, putting him in charge of the militia in Virginia. George wanted to honor his brother by following in his footsteps. The Brits didn't care for George so much, so they said he could be in charge of the militia in the hillbilly-ridden southern part of Virginia. At the age of 21, George Washington was named a major despite his minuscule education and complete and utter lack of military training. Somebody 21 years of age lacks military experience enough to be a major? Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. No, Shocking. that doesn't make sense. Yeah. I do, like, back in those days, it's just like, I got some rich friends. Put me in the army. Like, yes, sir, Lieutenant Colonel. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. All right. A little different now. And then you go to camp, and he's, like, looking down the barrel of his gun, like, trying to figure out how the magic makes it work. (laughs) Go fuck. We're in trouble. Nah, they just have swords at that rank. Ah, okay. He's, like... Trying to do sword, sword swallowing. He's like, watch this, guys. Watch this. Ow! <laughs> My tongue! The tongue! Uh, the- uh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Dead. All right, end of story. Now George Fifth actually isn't going to want to hang out with me. Because <laughs> what we do in those mountains, it's going to hurt when I eat his ass. What'd you say? It's going to hurt when I eat his ass. Oh, God, dude. <laughs> Unacceptable. Oh, I like making myself laugh, though. <sighs> well, him being major was just perfect timing, because the colonists were about to go to war. The year was 1753, and wouldn't you know it, the French and the English were pissed at each other. <gasps> Weird. Yeah. This time, the dispute was over the territory in modern-day western Pennsylvania and Ohio. The English laid claim to land, but the French were like, Au contraire, mon frère, this is where we do our fur trading, if you know what I mean. Ho, 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 ho. It seemed as if war was imminent. Were you going to make a comment about my fucking French accent? Were you going to be like, oh. I was going to, but you know what? <laughs> let's, let's just let's keep pressing on. Just, yeah, just keep this thing moving. <laughs> the governor of Virginia needed someone familiar with the western edge of the colonies to ride out and tell the French to get the fuck out. George Washington offered his services and was quickly sent on his way. He rode through hostile Indian territory to meet with a French leader in the region who promptly told him that his mother was a hamster and his father smelled of elderberries. Hmm. Monty Python. While Washington was at the French fort, he took detailed notes of their supplies and equipment and headed back to Virginia. The governor told him to go ahead and type up a report and have it on his desk by 5 p.m. Uh, but Washington wrote his report with a quill pen because it was 1753 and they have fucking typewriters. Come on. Come on, stupid governor. God. Politicians, Idiot man. governor. Yeah. Idiot listener in the first half for having <laughs> believed that. <laughs> like some, some guy's got a test tomorrow and he's diligently taking notes for AP history. <laughs> Type, what? This is getting you great. <laughs> We've got a test on George Washington's. I just searched my podcast app. <laughs> yeah. This is what I found. Taking notes. Well, sentence number one is, George Washington was a phone sex operator. 
who fell in love with another man named George. Yeah. <laughs> he had a fuck buddy named George Fairfax. <laughs> he typed his whole story out on a 1940s typewriter. <laughs> Ding! And apparently French people sound like Zangief from fucking Street Fighter. <laughs> the end. Here you go, <laughs> professor. End of notes. I'm going to ace this motherfucker. <laughs> Let's do some beer bombs. <laughs> Well, after he wrote out his report, it was passed on. The explosive report was published in newspapers throughout the country and London and served as a catalyst for war with the French. George was hailed as a hero in Virginia and London, but uh, he was just pissy that he had risked his life on a winter journey through hostile territory and had only been paid 50 pounds. Well, Chris, we're about to get into a little bit of war action. Oh, sweet. And that means it's going to be my part. You know, my turn's coming up to do all the talking Mm -hmm. instead of laughing at you over Zoom, all your fuck-ups, all your many indiscretions. It's going to be my turn. It's weird because you said you had me muted, so I guess you're just laughing at my face. Dude, anybody that tells you they're jerking off with the sound on mute is a liar. (laughs) Anyway, you know, it's been so long. It's been a month since I've done this. I need to get a little liquid courage in me. Okay. So let's go ahead and take a break and come back. Stronger than ever. Yeah, or, you know, drunk. Either or. Let's do it. Let's go, motherfuckers! By God! That's Greg's music. And we are back from break. Yeah, we are. I know it's been a long time, listener, but mm. here we are. Uh, guess who's back? Let's get physical, oh. physical. Oh, you're going with a different song. I like I that. Gonna, let's guess who's back. Back again. Main host's back. Tell you a friend. He barebacks, he barebacks, <laughs> he barebacks, he barebacks. Uh. Two trailer park boys go up in them mountains, up in them mountains, up in them mountains. <laughs> Old George and George. (laughs) So, this part is about the French and Indian War. And for the longest time, I thought this was a war between the French and the Indians. Uh, You know, it's kind of weird because the Indians, like, they just go back and forth during this war. Most of the time, the Indians are fighting against the British, but, like, they switch sides. But, yeah, they start out on the British side. Yeah. Well, let's not spoil too much. (laughs) All right. George Washington was given 200 men to command with orders to march to Ohio to build forts for the English. He said, coup, but I want a promotion, and at 22 became a lieutenant colonel. With no actual military experience. His only experience Unbelievable. was riding out to Ohio and having a French guy tell him to fuck off. And he's like, wrote a report. He's like, ding. French guy said, fuck off. Ding. Like, oh, yes, sir. Here you are. And here... Here's my big issue, man. It's he felt so disrespected by the actual British leadership, you know, because they would look down on the colonials, yeah, as kind of lesser thans. It's like, dude, you're 22 and you're a lieutenant colonel with zero military experience. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's not where you're from. Why am I not Jesus yet to these people? <laughs> anyway. Washington described his new militia as, quote, loose, idle persons that are quite destitute of house and home, and I may truly say, many of them, of clothes. They're sexy, homeless guys. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, basically, they're naked hobos. Thanks for calling 1-900-GEORGE. Why don't you tell me what it's like to live That's in That's not a even box. enough numbers. It's shit in the streets. Oh, yeah, daddy. Not even enough numbers, Chris. <laughs> Suspension of disbelief gone. I'm Joke sorry. failed. God damn it. I quit the podcast. Thanks, George. Thanks for listening to 50 episodes of this bullshit. I'll see you guys Couldn't later. Couldn't even be like George 1776 or whatever. <laughs> I always like those numbers, like 800, 900 or whatever, where they have like way more oh, extras, than the actual yeah. number. Yeah. It's like, nah, you only need to type like three-fourths of that and then stop and it'll start ringing. Yeah. I just imagine some, like, grandpa still, like, typing as the operator answers. Hey, daddy. Dude. What? I said, hey, daddy. 
it's granddaddy. <laughs> you know, he's actually got the rotary phone, so it's. <laughs> she's just sitting there patiently waiting. She's like, I'm getting paid by the minute. This is fine. <laughs> hey, daddy. What? I said granddaddy. And you hear the. the but my dick's like a grandson, if you know what I'm saying. Rawr. Is this hearing aid? And the whole time, you're like, God damn it. <laughs> Turn it down. Well, okay. I love you. Bye. <laughs> Fucking Ethel gets a bill for like ninety five dollars. End end of that marriage after seventy years. <laughs> I'm gonna be the old man who's like everybody's left him uh, because he's such an asshole, and so I just call up the phone sex operators and just talk about whatever's on my mind. <laughs> Can you believe what these Democrats want to pass? Oh, <laughs> I saw that Tucker Carson the third. And he was telling me that they hate America. Can you believe that? She's like, sir, this is $9,000 a minute. (laughs) I'm going to die before I pay this credit card bill. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Tell me about your boobies, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I used to host a podcast. (laughs) Let me walk you through it. (laughs) I'm sorry. I was... The co-host. I was not the main host. There was another man. He's dead now, but let me tell you about him. His liver just up and blew up one day. What are you wearing? Well, a diaper, mostly. Uh, <laughs> that's that's kind of it. Yeah. And I, I'm cuffed to this bed because my dementia makes me hammer apple cheese. <laughs> what? <laughs> Dementia makes me leave the room. I just said that, Greg. Come on. <laughs> Hammer apple cheese? I just thought of three words. Man, camera, woman, person, TV. There, I nailed oh, the you passed the, you passed the fucking test. Anyway, <laughs> along the way, they joined up with the local Indian population and hired them to fight with Georgia's militia. In May of 1754, Washington and his men were in camp when they heard rustling in the bushes. Convinced it was the French, they opened fire and stood guard all night. The next night, George decided to march his men towards the French position in the dark during a thunderstorm. It's kind of his M.O. going forward. It's like, oh, it's nighttime. They won't expect this while it's raining and sleeting and snowing. And Yeah. Oh. I mean, we won't expect whatever we find, but they won't either. <laughs> yeah. It's like if there's a monster under the bed. Like, instead of turning on the lights, you're like, all right, motherfucker, you're under the bed. And you just get out of bed and fucking hop under the bed real quick. Pops ha, some, gotcha. Oh, fuck, you're a monster. Pop some Viagra first. <laughs> ah! <laughs> oh. That's what I did when I was eight. Like, no monster's going to be scared of this. <laughs> Washington was convinced that the French soldiers were taking up positions around him. So when he actually stumbled upon them on May 28th, his soldiers were quick to fire. According to Washington, the French fired first. The French say the militia were the aggressors. The bigger point of contention was what happened to a French diplomat who was there. He was to deliver an ultimatum to the English, telling him to get the hell out of Ohio. According to the French account, the militia opened fire, at which point the French asked for a ceasefire. It was granted, and when the diplomat stepped forward and began to read his letter, he was shot in the face by a musket. Now, according to Washington... When the diplomat stepped forward, the Indian chief on the militia side split open the diplomat's head, washed himself in the man's brains, and scalped him. Basically, same, same. Yeah, you know. Splitting hairs here. <laughs> Splitting hairs. Scalped him. <laughs> nice. The next day, George sat down to write a letter to the governor of Virginia to give an update from the field. The first half was just Washington bitching about how little he was being paid and said that he'd rather work for free than be insulted by his paycheck. He followed that up by saying, Oh yeah, massacred the shit out of some French dudes yesterday. Think I might have maybe kicked off a worldwide conflict between the English and French. But uh, yeah. Get back to me about my cash flow ASAP. (laughs) Well, understandably, the French were pretty pissed off about the whole thing and sent a force of 800 men to attack George Washington. Old George ordered his men to hastily build up a defensive position. 
It would be known as Fort Necessity, but it was really just a few trenches and cannons. It was in a terrible position surrounded by hills and woods that would provide an advantage to the attacking French. It was also completely open to the elements. Yeah, uh, it's like if you gave your five-year-old like three couch cushions and a chair and a sheet, they could probably build a better fort than George Washington and his men built <laughs> for Fort Necessity. Just right out here in the open, no yeah. biggie. It's almost like maybe you need some sort of military experience going into war. I don't know. Oh. It's fine. It's, he'll figure it out. He's a smart guy. Yeah, he's a smart 21-year-old. <laughs> 22-year-old Lieutenant Colonel. Thank you. Mm, true. And also, you're wearing flip-flops. I hate you now. I'm George Washington. That's how he talked. You don't know what I'm wearing on my feet, Chris. Will you show me? I've I've, I've been so lonely. <laughs> <laughs> do it, but do it slowly. Yeah. Oh, they're painted. Why? I was not expecting that. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello, ladies. Soon after Fort Necessity was built, a group of regular British soldiers arrived to aid Washington. They took one look at the fort and decided to camp somewhere else. <laughs> no, it's cool, guys. We hit. We have like six couch cushions. <laughs> We're fine. We got this, guys. <laughs> yeah. The Indians who had fought alongside the militia also thought the fort was super shitty and abandoned the fight altogether. The ensuing battle was an absolute disaster for the militia and English regulars. They held their own for a little bit, but then a rainstorm made their guns worthless and they were overrun. In the end, about a hundred on the British side died, while only three Frenchmen were killed. So, you know, pretty much a dead-even battle. Yeah, yeah. It really came down to the wire on this one. And maybe we should mention... To our listener who might be an idiot who thought that they had typewriters in the 1750s, uh, that these guns use powder, like dry black powder, to fire. Yes. And so if that powder got damp, like even through the just- The operative word being dry. Yeah. If they even got- they got too humid, their guns wouldn't fire correctly. So it starts pouring. You basically have a big club with maybe a triangular spear on the end that you can stab somebody if they get too close. Maybe. Most of Washington's militia had actually taken off running as soon as the fighting started. Washington surrendered. The French allowed them to simply retreat, hoping that this skirmish would just be seen as reprisal for the previous massacre. You have siblings. I don't know if you ever experienced this. But it's kind of like, oh, no, 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 you can hit me back. You can hit me back. It's fine. It's fine. Just don't tell mom. Don't, don't tell mom. I, you know, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry you're oh, bleeding yeah. from the abdomen. You can punch me. It's fine. <laughs> we'll call it even. Well, the French ended up capturing George Washington's journal and thought he sounded like a complete idiot and had it published in French newspapers. Despite his epic fuck-up, Washington was hailed as a hero in Virginia. He had stood up against a European power, faced overwhelming odds, and had demonstrated his bravery in battle by fighting on the front line with his men rather than leading from the rear, which is my favorite, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> no, explain men. it. And ladies, both alike. I don't understand. Can we... Can you poop sex. Oh, cool. Yeah, poop yeah. sex. You're such a cool dude. Thanks, bro. I want to be like you when I grow up. Guy who's five years younger than me. <laughs> just just poop sex and everyone? <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Pooping their butt back and forth forever. <laughs> Forgot about that. <laughs> That's a funny video. YouTube that, people. <laughs> well, still, when they tried to demote him, Washington said, Fuck this! I'm going back to Mount Vernon. About a year later, English Major General Edward Braddock arrived in Virginia, gave Washington a fist bump and a bro hug, and said, Come be my aide de camp while I kick in the teeth of some Frenchmen. Yeah, just kidding. George Washington couldn't fucking stand to be touched. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> There's a funny story, or picture of our story that I sent Greg, and I'm sure he saw while I was reading, of an episode where one of George's closest friends is like, yeah, no, I'm cool, George. And Alexander Hamilton's like, oh, yeah? Go slap him on the shoulder and say, hey, George, how long? Yeah, it's been a while. Gave him a death stare. Yeah, she's like, how fucking dare you, sir? I feel like that was more about breaking rank than anything. Oh, okay. He was yeah, very, very into rank structure and... Formality uh, I mean, and stuff, yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll talk about it more yeah. in, you know, the coming story. But 
he was not like a friendly leader by any means. No, no. He believed in discipline to a T. Yeah. And that meant not being fucking buddy-buddy with your inferiors. Just like my father whipped me with the extension cord, and I turned out to be a great man. Thanks, Dad. (laughs) (laughs) Washington agreed, but was pissy that he couldn't convince Braddock that they needed to travel light and fast through the wilderness. Braddock was convinced he needed to use heavy carriages and move methodically and thought that the Indians and French were inferior opponents and the Americans just suck balls at fighting. Yeah, like you were saying earlier, yeah. Great contribution. Yeah, Greg's right, guys. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's expound on that. Yeah. Let's expound. No. <laughs> Greg's a genius, smartest man about history that I've ever known. <laughs> the trip wasn't super fun for George. First, his mother wrote him a letter telling him he was stupid for going to the army and told him to hire her a butler and pick up some butter. And he fucking always did all this shit. That's what really pisses me <laughs> yeah. off. He would always just cave to her demands. It's like, no, she's awful. Oh, he was so worried about his image. He's like, I can't have people saying I'm mean to my mom. So he's like, okay, fine. Okay. You can have another $10,000, mom. Fine. Fine. Does this buy your love? <laughs> Well, George wrote back, what the fuck? I'm at war! Essentially. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll swing right by the fucking Aldi's here in Western Ohio and pick up some butter for you, mother. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he was also in love with his best friend, George Fairfax's wife, Sally, and wrote her flirtatious letters. Then, he got the poops. Dysentery was running rampant through the English forces, and it hit George like a freight train. A big old soggy, extremely <laughs> loose freight train. That'd be the worst train to get hit by. At least the other one will kill you. This one just covers you in human shit. <laughs> well, he suffered through diarrhea and hemorrhoids and had to basically ride around lying down in a wagon. Which, you know, he did this with the whole Barbados trip, too. I think maybe he just likes hitting the snooze button on these long journeys. That's all I'm saying. I mean, I'll show you. I'll show you. Oh, you don't want, you don't look at it? Yeah. All right. Then you're just going to have to take my word for it. He's like the kid. It's like, oh, fuck. We got dodgeball today, and I'm super fat and out of shape. My stomach hurts. Oh, I need to go to the nurse, guys. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no personal experience there. Trust me. <laughs> well, when he did get back on a horse, he needed a cushion for his hurt beehole. Been there. Oh, who hasn't? <laughs> who has not? Although... From what we've learned about him and other George, this couldn't have been the first time that happened to him. Heyo. Heyo. <laughs> Braddock led the English into yet another massacre. His slow moving force was surrounded by Indians and the French and overwhelmed. George Washington rose to the occasion and rallied the troops and prevented the battle from becoming a complete and total defeat. During the fighting, four bullets tore through his clothes and his hat, and two horses were shot and killed under him. He simply hopped on the horses of dead soldiers and kept fighting, and presumably pooping from his recurring dysentery. Just shit-covered horses. <laughs> Those poor horses. Oh, it is surprising how many times this dude just almost fucking died. Like, you know, he had the the smallpox, the dysentery was almost fatal. It, you know, it sounds hilarious, pooping and hemorrhoids, but people died from it, from dehydration and shit. Ever play Oregon Trail, idiots? <laughs> yeah. Fucking morons. And, you know, four bullets just ripping through his clothes and not hitting him. At this point in our our main source, uh, it mentions that one of the Indian chiefs says that they believe George Washington was destined for great things because he avoided death so frequently. So, obviously, there was a greater plan for him. I don't know. They wore big-ass clothes and big-ass hats back then. (laughs) He could have punched those in there himself. One of his eight corsets caught it. One of that, that big hoop dress he wore everywhere. With it showed what off was his- the hangover we did where the dude, uh, it was uh, Bass Reeves. He shot his own fucking hat to look like, you know. You think George was out there? I think George shot his own clothes. Yeah. He's like off squatting over a barrel or a, a log, taking another shit. He's like, oh, I haven't done anything today. These guys are going to be pissed at me. I'm just gonna- yeah, just, he put a suppressor on his musket <laughs> and fired a couple holes yeah. in quick succession like mm-hmm. you're able to do with a... A musket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen the yep. Patriot. It can happen. <laughs> exactly. Well, following this battle, Washington spent the next year or so defending Virginians from Indian attacks, doing so approximately 20 times. 
He became known as a strict disciplinarian of his men, but they continued to defect. Eventually, he became tired of defending the frontier and returned home to Mount Vernon. His role in the French and Indian War was practically over, but it had taught him that the British didn't respect their American allies and that they could be defeated in battle. Ooh. Well, Gregory, it's time to get into our new segment. This segment is known as Fast Facts. Whoa. What'd you say? Fast Facts. Fast Facts. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was about to quit the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So basically, this segment is, you know, sometimes when we're researching these stories, pretty much every time we're researching these stories, there's little bits and yeah. and pieces that don't really fit into the, the story narrative. They, they're kind of interesting overarching things or little bitty pieces of things we'll send each other while we're researching. Hey, this was a funny thing. I, I can't believe this shit happened, but it doesn't really fit into the story, so we have to leave it out. Right, because we have to make something kind of cohesive that right. definitely tells a story with one point leading into the next. So with these random things, man, it sucks we have to leave this out. Well, now we don't have to. <laughs> yeah. All right, so... George Washington never cut down a cherry tree and said... I cannot tell a lie. Dude, this was like the one thing I knew about him growing up as a kid. Yeah. Like, beside the whole, he was our first president and all that. Yeah. But I just remembered this, like, fact. Like, if somebody 20 years ago was like, tell me one thing you know about George Washington that, uh, you know, isn't super obvious, this would have been my go-to. Yeah. No, never happened. It was made up in a, a early 19th century book to kind of build up the legend. Mm-hmm. It's a fun story. It, I mean, it doesn't make sense. It's just kind of like, oh, I cannot tell a lie, Father, you know? No, he's Jesus. <laughs> yeah. The American Jesus. It was one of the slaves, Father. Punish them. Mm. Oh, we don't talk about that. Yeah, either. that didn't happen. No, of course not. Fast fact number two. George Washington also never had wooden teeth. He struggled with his teeth his entire adult life, and he was very ashamed of them. His dentures started out as teeth he bought from the poor or had taken from his slaves, and they were connected to his own teeth with wire. By the time he became president, George Washington only had one actual tooth of his own. Mama! Is this the right 900 number? I've got a boner. I don't know what to do with it. I keep biting my lip with this one tooth. Old Chompy is what I call it. You got anybody on the other end of that phone named George? <laughs> Fairfax. Fairfax. <laughs> like fast facts, people. Sorry. Just get on our level. Well, eventually George had a set of dentures made out of ivory, and when the ivory cracked and stained, it looked like wood grain. And there you have it. Fast facts! George was also pretty goofy-looking by modern standards. He had smallpox scars on his face, he had a lazy left eye, and his dentures made his lips swell and stick out, giving him permanent duck lips. Would have loved to seen him on the set of Jersey Shore. You don't see that in the painting. Like, I had... No. You imagine going back in time. This is, this is what ruins time travel. Number one, you go back and you're like, Oh my god, everything smells awful. There is shit everywhere. These people are practically bathing no, in their own shit. Like, yeah. Can you imagine George Washington in that wagon just shitting everywhere? It's just uh, like he's you know. Oh, can't. dude, when I see hot chicks in like movies about history, I'm like, nope, nope. <laughs> I know she's got a big old smelly bush, and everything else smells too. Oh, it's just onions everywhere. It's fucking nasty butt that's like permanently stained brown. Ah, ah. Uh, right? Right? You've ruined history for me. I'm done with podcasts. Not that clean Fairfax butt. <laughs> You're talking about Sally or George because he was apparently in love of both Yes. Of according to this podcast. <laughs> but no, then you go back and you're like, I'm going to meet George Washington. And you go back and you're like, what the fuck? Just this lazy-eyed, duck-lipped yeah, motherfucker. No, it's like, it doesn't show any of that. Hey, guys. It's all looking two different directions, and I hate. I'm I'm sorry if you have a lazy eye, but it drives me crazy because I don't know which fucking eye to look at, and I switch back and forth, and it still looks like the right eye. I'm like, oh, is is that 
No, that one's looking at me too. I don't know, man. I'm sorry. How terribly you must feel for being so inconvenient. Inconvenient for me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, damn those people with astigmatism. We just lost all of our lazy eye listeners. By the time Georgie died, Washington had well over 200 slaves working at Mount Vernon. Through his personal writings, it became obvious that he was very torn on the issue of slavery. Throughout his life, he wrote that he believed slavery was wrong and needed to be ended, but he took no actual steps in doing so and would hunt down his own escaped slaves. He was known as a relatively kind slave owner who sought medical care for his sick and injured slaves, objected to breaking up their families through sale, also allowed them to marry, Mm -hmm. but he also couldn't understand why a slave wouldn't want to work hard for a master. Yeah, just, uh... Complete jackass. He's like, well, yeah, I don't get it. I'm feeding them. I'm giving a house. I'm whipping them, and they don't want to work hard. <laughs> yeah. In his will, he stated his slaves were to be emancipated upon the death of both him and his wife. Basically, for Washington, slavery was an uncomfortable issue that he didn't actually want to deal with. And that, for me, almost makes it shittier. Yeah. Like, he knows it's you wrong. You know it's wrong, yet benefit in spite of that. Like, at least the other shitheads, you know, felt justified for whatever racist, yeah. antiquated beliefs they held. Whereas he knew they were they were those things and still was like, yeah, you know, after I die, that's okay. It's like the person that feels like they can do whatever the fuck they want and then go to church on Sunday. And as <laughs> yeah. long as they ask for forgiveness and, you know, pay their fucking tithing in the offering plate, it's like, well, we're good. Which only encourages more shitty behavior on their part. Yeah, he was... You know, we've talked about in this episode, and it'll be a continuing theme. He was so concerned about his image. Like, he's like, I know I should get rid of these slaves, but if I tell everyone in Virginia later on when he's president or whatever, that they should get rid of their slaves, they'll just fucking ignore me and hate me. And I can't deal with that. Yeah. And the fun part is, spoiler alert, he dies before Martha. And so she has to spend like a whole two years going like, these slaves are going to kill me because they know they get to be free as soon as I'm <laughs> dead. She's like, oh, God, I can't. No, I can't deal with it. So she ends up actually emancipating all the slaves she can. Um, some of them are what are called dower slaves, which basically Washington got them from the Custis family, Martha's family, when they married. And he had no mm-hmm. control of them. They had to go back to the Custis family. And so even even when he emancipated all of his slaves those slaves still went back to slavery. Yeah, they still belong to the Custis estate. Yeah, yeah. And this was another thing that I think somewhere along the line in my education, there was a question like, you know, what would you do to prevent the Civil War or whatever? Maybe it's like fifth grade or a sophomore year of college. And well, <laughs> the question was phrased, you know, obviously the ethos of slavery is incorrect and and uh, a fallacy, but the southern states depended on the economic benefit of slavery, and the cultural status of slavery was well established. How would you uh, change that without causing the Civil War? You know, typical fifth grade stuff. And I said, I go back in time and tell George Washington that slavery is wrong, and he get rid of it. The end. And that's why I got kicked out of college. Um <laughs> But no, I, I, you know, it's one of those those thought experiments. How could you actually prevent this shit? If you, how far back do you have to go to prevent civil war and the the racial unrest that we've experienced for the last four hundred years? Sure. And I'm like, even if you tell George Washington, you'd be like, yeah, I know, I know it's happening. I know it's going to cause problems, but uh, Daddy needs new wallpaper. So I don't chop, think chop. there's a right answer to it, man. <laughs> I don't think one person goes back and changes a complete ideology no. like that. Like, even if you convince George Washington, yeah, this is going to cause a civil war in 80 years and, you know, a hundred, you know, thousand Americans are going to die or whatever. He'd be like, okay, but there's all these other Virginia planners who don't give a shit about that because they're still going to make money. Well, and you had a, a president do it not too long after. And uh, that was a really fucking hard transition and he got killed for it. So... What's little old me going to do? Yeah. Nope, I'd go back and do fucking songs. I'd play metal and guitar, and they'd burn <laughs> me at the fucking cross like day two. 
because <laughs> I thought I'd be showing them something cool and revolutionary, but they think I'm a witch. Yeah, that, that, That's what would happen to me. <laughs> as soon as you start, like, you go back. I want to invent the TV, but I don't know how the fuck a TV's made, so. <laughs> I don't know the magic that works in the TV. Let's smoke some meth and find out, man. Let's take it apart and find the, <laughs> find the demons to make it work, man. Anywho. All right, Greg. Why don't you take us home? I feel like we've wasted enough time. These people have been waiting for all this for this whole month. They've been like, I can't wait for them to be back. And now they're an hour into it. Like, what the fuck have I been doing? Uh, Go back away. (laughs) Again, we are 100 Proof History. Find us at 100proofhistory.com. There you can check out our Patreon. Check out all of our episodes. With that Patreon, you can get... Hangover episodes every Monday. Bonus episodes. You get access to our back catalog. You get episodes early. It's pretty fucking cheap, too. I'm just saying. I might up it to $1,000 include <laughs> dick pics. But probably not. Can I do something? Something I should have done way earlier. I, I know she's still listening. Hopefully somebody else is still listening. Uh, Lou, who left us that voicemail, she runs her own podcast. I don't know if you know this. It's about the uh, history and geography of South Dakota. So if you've ever been to South Dakota, live in South Dakota, think about going to South Dakota. I don't know why you would do that, but if you did, give it a listen. It's called Local Lou. But yeah, thanks for listening, guys, and we will see you next time. On episode 51, motherfuckers! (laughs) Oh my God, that's Greg's music again! I love coked-out Republican women. You're my bitch wife walking around. <laughs> Stomping around all angry. Fuck you. Tell me be quiet to your podcast. Take this guy. <laughs> Is where we will pick up next week, listener. Scott, get the fuck out of here. I'm recording a podcast. <laughs> He's talking to his dog. Unbelievable, Scott. <laughs> Great night. Oh. Full pushed open the door. Dogs don't respect your boundaries, man. The fucking balls on this dog that doesn't even have balls. <laughs>